listening to From the Friars, the podcast of the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning. We have this fourth Sunday at Ordinary Time, and we have an extremely important passage from the Bible today, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And uh, as we all know, in terms of the content of what Jesus actually taught, the, uh, the Beatitudes in some ways stand right kind of in the middle. Um, we've all maybe had an opportunity to study them and to read commentaries from various authors on the Beatitudes. And uh, I'd like to focus just on um, one word that's repeated often in the Beatitudes, and that is blessed. Blessed are you, dot, dot, dot. Blessed are you. Like, we all know the Greek word and the possible Hebrew or Aramaic word that Jesus' time and um, various translations in the modern age. Blessed, uh, another translation, happy. Happy are you. Um, and uh, there's a word there, there's a concept which has kind of many shades of meaning, and I would like to propose that it is the most important word, the most important concept of all. That is a huge claim, huh? Big, bold claim. Can I back it up? The, the idea, the concept, the reality of what is happiness? What, is, what does it mean to be happy? What is the recipe to find true happiness? Um, so the years have rolled on in my ministry, my priesthood, uh, my own experience of being a human. I have come to believe, I've come to the opinion that this is the most important topic. This is the most important uh, central uh, thing, if I could put it that way. Um, and uh, you'll see this idea in many places. Uh, so I, I didn't come up with this idea myself. The Catechism has a tremendous teaching on the, 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 the call of man to be happy. We were created to be happy. We are motivated by the search for happiness. And again, the word happy could, in modern English could have a bit of a shallow, silly kind of like you know, um, was it that Pharrell song, clap along if you want to be happy, you know, and there's like little cartoon people dancing around it. But there, there's, there's a deceptive death, depth to this concept, to this word, you know, to be happy, to be blessed, to, to be, you know, fulfilled, uh, to be completed. Again, it's, it's, there's a, many, many words to translate this concept. Uh, we believe our faith teaches, it's been revealed by God, that we were created for happiness, that our, the fulfillment of our being, like why we are, is that communion of love with God, which is the fullness of happiness. And uh, the scriptures struggle to describe what this means. So no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more stress, no more strife, no more, you know, like any evil, uncomfortable, difficult, unattractive thing you can imagine. None of that, <laughs> you know, will be in heaven. And then on the opposite side, what is good, what is beautiful, what is, you know, authentic love, joy, peace, fulfillment, you know, like uh, it, all of that will be present in our, our life in heaven and overflowing. The, uh, the word, the phrase that's used to describe what will happen to us in heaven is called the beatific vision. You know, that we will see God 
as he is, face to face, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the one God, three persons, Trinity, this communion of love, this mystery of all mysteries. Somehow we will be there, we will be present, we will be participating in the divine communion of love, and we will be completely and totally overflowing, fulfilled, completed. We will be happy. And um, we intuit, the better we know ourselves, we intuit that this is what we were made for, this is what motivates us, this search for happiness. Um, and I've always been on the lookout for any you know, writing on this topic. Um, and uh, over the years, I've come across some wonderful books and articles, some of which are Christian or Catholic and others which aren't, you know, which kind of bear testimony to this truth, to this reality that this, this is a big part of what motivates us as humans. Um, you guys may have seen that book by a secular author, Eric Weiner, called Man Seeks God. Do you guys ever see that? This guy is a, kind of a funny guy. He's like an NPR consultant, and he wrote a book where he was searching for God. He's kind of a self-professed agnostic. And so what he did is that he spent something like a couple of weeks living with and visiting something like eight or nine different world religions. And the chapter that's about Christianity is about his time with us. So somehow we, the Friars of the Renewal, we became the group that he visited to experiment or to learn about Christianity. And uh, that chapter, it's unbelievable, the, the beauty and the insights and the honesty and the, the, uh, the overwhelming experience that he had uh, with staying with the friars and really giving, you know, studying Jesus and his teachings and then St. Francis as an example of an authentic follower of Jesus. And then, you know, his time with us, um, that's a tremendous read. And so I kind of looked into it a little bit and I realized that um, he had another book which he wrote before and that was A Search for Happiness. So he did this study on what is happiness and he was like reading these articles and there was this center for happiness in the Netherlands that studied, you know, kind of like a modern sociological, psychological approach to like what makes happy and where are the happiest places on earth. And then in that book, he visits, you know, all these different countries which are supposedly happy and uh, trying to understand well, why, and, you know, investigating this, what does it mean to be happy and like, what's the recipe to happiness and what do we need to do to be happy? And it was that book which then led him to do the sequel on, the, on religion. So at the end of the happiness book, he realized that, that a relationship with God or faith or religion was a big part of what kind of led people to say, you know, I'm happy. And then in the book on religion is where he ends up spending that time with us. And uh, it's interesting, I heard him do an interview on NPR. And uh, at the end of the interview, the, the person asked him, well, out of all the places you visited and all the religions that you experimented with, like which one really stands out for you? And it, and it was Christianity and it was the friars. And he went on to talk about you know, the experiences he had and how deeply it moved him. Now, I'm not sure if he became a believer or converted to Christianity or Catholicism or anything, but I kind of lost touch with him. But something very beautiful, something very authentic happened there. And it was some kind of a funny kind of experiment or witness from somebody who's kind of a modern unbeliever but an honest and sincere heart. And uh, he was searching and seeking. And uh, you could tell, uh, for him, it wasn't so much as finding the destination, rather it was the search that was the important thing, which is such a modern thing, right, you know? Um, so we pray for him as we all are here. We're all seeking, we're all searching, we're all trying to follow the Lord, and um, we're trying to figure out what God is asking of us, and then to understand how all of this leads to our happiness. And I think for myself, one of the biggest insights that has really helped me along the way was um, understanding the, um, the bigger context of what makes us happy. 
Even the thing that makes sense of the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes on one level make no sense unless you understand them in the light of eternity. Right? So it's the perspective of eternity. It's an eschatological perspective. You know, how could you say that you would be happy, that you would be blessed, that you would be you know, content and fulfilled by being poor, by being meek, by being persecuted, by mourning, you know, when somebody, there's a mourning of a death, all of these things which seem so backwards or upside down to the world. The thing that makes sense of that, how all of those things could make us blessed or happy is the perspective of eternity. And uh, that makes sense on one level. And um, I was thinking, you know, when you're a little kid, your experience, your frame of reference, your point of reference is so limited. You know, it's a hallmark of being a, an immature child that you judge everything according to the here and now. Right? <coughs> little kids have a hard time understanding, you know, to suffer now for the sake of a greater good that will come later. That is an impossible concept for little kids. You know, like tomorrow is the same thing as a million years from now. <laughs> like they, just, they don't have the development to understand that. You know, I remember seeing my brother and his wife trying to, you know, form and train their little children, trying to explain to them why they shouldn't eat sugar all the time, and why they should eat vegetables, which maybe don't taste as good, you know, for the sake of, you know, physical health, till my one little niece, who was sneaking marshmallows in the middle of the night, had 13 cavities. <laughs> she learned. She's learning. She's learning, you know, this bigger perspective, this point of reference. And if you want to extend that to eternity, to eternity. So it's not just, you know, that we try to follow the commandments and live the righteous life and, and be willing to suffer for that for the sake of avoiding hell, but also, and more importantly, for the sake of gaining heaven, this place of fulfillment, this place of, of fulfillment, of happiness, of blessedness, of experiencing your existence for why you were made, this joy, this peace, this, you know, every good, you know, I remember when we were in our homiletics class, Father Cameron, our professor, telling us that when you're preaching, you're evangelizing, you're, you're proclaiming the word to the people, uh, a real task for the preacher, what you have to do is try to help people to bridge the gap between what is right and what is good. You know, so what is right versus, you know, right and wrong, the, the right way to go, how to help people to understand that that is actually good. It's good for me, you know, even if it causes me to, to struggle, to suffer, to, you know, to have difficulties, that it, it, the, the bigger picture, the perspective of eternity uh, makes sense of that. And that makes sense of the Beatitudes. How could we be blessed? All these things that Jesus is talking about. Um, it's that perspective of heaven, you know, that there will be a reward for our efforts to cooperate with God's grace, our efforts to do what is right even when it's difficult, you know? It's so easy to follow our lowest human nature, huh? To follow the path of least resistance. And on some level, you could almost say that is like, that would be somewhat natural, right? To, to avoid pain and suffering and difficulty and to give in to just every kind of whim and desire. Um, but how many people have lived that way? And then you see a documentary about their life and you realize the fruit of that kind of living uh, did not lead to happiness. It led to suffering and pain and difficulty. The, the fruit of sin is death. And uh, we recently had a fraternal time and we saw a documentary on one of these pro wrestlers, the Iron Sheik. You know, this guy kind of, you get the impression he did. He just kind of lived, you know, this worldly kind of fame and pleasure and everything. And then now he's older and all of that led to quite a huge difficulty for him. And how many people win the lottery thinking, you know, wow, I'm going to be so happy now. And then there was a documentary I saw that followed the lives of people who won the lottery. And uh, an unusual percentage of these people 
uh, their lives just completely fell apart and they kind of gave themselves over to kind of, you know, pleasure and wealth and worldliness. And so there's almost a bit of a negative uh, witness there that, you know, let's ignore the teachings that came to us from God through Jesus and just follow the way of the world, and, you know, the world, the flesh and the devil. And uh, even if you did that, you would experience unhappiness. You would experience uh, not, ex you know, not experiencing your humanity, the, the reason, the fulfillment of what, you know, what it means to be human. So we pray for that grace to have the perspective, the frame of reference of, of eternity, to know what is right, what is good, what is beautiful is, is why, you know, we're here. And it's what will ultimately lead, lead us to the happiness that we're desperately seeking when we see our creator face to face and we experience our, our uh, humanity, our, you know, the, the very reason why we exist. And uh, that is the framework that makes sense of all of the teachings, all of the Catholic morality, all of the, you know, the struggles to do what is right, even in the midst of difficulty and trial. And uh, so we pray for the grace to be happy, to be blessed, and to follow the path that leads to that happiness, following Jesus. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please visit us on our website, franciscanfriars.com, or follow us on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. God bless you.